The Assessment of Attainment of Young Children Ministry of Education Discussion Paper, 1946 They say that no one truly sees his own face. This mercy of nature comes from the fact that reflections in a mirror show partial pictures which are flat. They cannot show an object in the round. To see an object in the round it must be observed as a whole in three dimensions. The skills of young children show reflections of their attainment. They do not show attainment in the round. To see their attainment in the round we must observe it in their way of living. For instance, a young child's attainment in language is reflected in his or her skill in the grammatical arrangement of words. But his attainment is seen in the round only by observing the way he's, ways he uses language, by the way in which he expresses his own thoughts and feelings in speech and in writing, and the way he appreciates the speech and writing of others. To assess attainment it must be observed in the round. Such observation is not easy. The observer has not only to use keenly his eyes and ears, but to know where to direct them. He has not only to see and hear the shape of an event, but to perceive its quality. Observation in this sense is subjective, and its value depends on the judgment as well as the skill of the observer. Observation is sometimes used in the limited sense of noting the score on a standard scale. It would be convenient to call this measurement. Measurement can be an aid in assessing attainment. For instance, measurement with a yardstick can show exactly the number of feet and inches in a child's height. Measurement with a yardstick at a clock can show exactly the rate of growth of a child's height over a period of time. These measurements give facts which aid the assessment of physical growth, but they do not show physical growth in the round. Observation alone can show the way a child is living and growing can note the quality of his behaviour. For instance, observation alone can note a stooping stance or an ill-balanced gait. Measurement has shown that at any specified age, most children are, within a certain range, so many feet and inches tall. This height and range are not constant over long periods. For instance, most of the children of Jarrow are now several inches taller than most of the children of the same age at the time of the Depression 15 years ago. Nonetheless, it is valuable to measure at regular intervals a child's height in order to note whether he or she keeps within the range of children of the same age. But if this should not be the case, we do not assume that he or she ought to be such and such a height and strive to remove the defect by physical extension. We seek to discover if the defect is due to nurture or nature. If it is the former, we try to provide what is lacking. If it is the latter, we are content to remember that Nelson was a small man. The measurement of skills, which are an acquired characteristic, is not so easy as the measurement of height. But most simple skills can be measured with their accuracy. Reading may be taken as an example. Measurement has shown that in any specified age, most children have, within a known range, a certain measure of skill in reading. The measure and range are not constant, though there is little evidence yet about the variation of either. Nonetheless, it's valuable to know at regular intervals whether a child's skill in reading is within the range of most children of his age. But if this should not be the case, 
you have no grounds for assuming that he or she ought to have acquired such and such a skill, and that we ought to remove the defect by additional practice. The defect may be due to nature or to nurture. If the former, we can be content to remember that many illiterate people have led happy lives, and if the latter, we should try to provide what has been lacking. But what has been lacking? To answer that question, we must first make an assessment of Mary Smith's attainment in the reading. Mary Smith's score in the reading test is a measure of her skill in turning black marks into sounds. To see her attainment in the round, we must observe how she reads. With what quality of understanding does she read? How fully has she experienced the enjoyment of reading? For how long does she remain interested in the book? What sort of book does she like to read? How pleasantly can she read aloud? How much can she appreciate the reading aloud of others? Does she ever read at home? And so on. Such observation will begin to show Mary's attainment in the round, and it will begin to reveal what has been lacking. But such observation is not easy. In the class of 40 or more children, a teacher cannot remember her observations of each child. Some form of recording is essential. Since observations are personal matter, the form of record is no doubt best worked out by each teacher. But just as the observer must know where as well as how to look, so he must know what as well as how to record. The judgment on an observation must be personal, but there can be a measure of agreement on what it is that has to be judged. Unfortunately, the record cards now coming into use give little help. In the field of attainment, usually they still adopt the conventional subject headings, which are inappropriate if the attainment of young children is considered in the round. And against these subjects, usually they suggest nothing but a score. These record cards may be valuable in other fields, but for the assessment of young children's attainment, we need something quite different something at once more simple and more personal. To work out ways of recording a teacher's observation appears to be one of the pressing tasks before the junior school. As often before, perhaps help can be found from the infant school. It was once common for infant teachers who used individual methods in reading, writing a number to keep a record of each child's activities. The experience so gained should be able to help us now in a similar task with children a few years older. It would be valuable, although not easy to arrange, if such an infant teacher could try her hand with boys and girls of eight and nine. But whether such an arrangement is anywhere practical or not, the burden of the task must rest on the teachers of the junior school. If the junior school is to be relieved of the restrictions of an assessment of attainment based on objective tests, its teachers must be prepared to make and record an assessment of attainment based on observation. Such an assessment, of its very nature, will have meaning only to those with understanding of the way young children live and grow. It is expeditious and simple for a secondary teacher to give a standardised test of reading skill to a group of newcomers of 11 years old. It will be laborious and difficult for him to assimilate a bundle of assessments of reading based on observation in the junior school. It will be necessary to ask of those secondary teachers who receive newcomers from the junior school not only patience, but an understanding of young children. The skills of young children show reflections of their attainment, but to assess their attainment, we must see it in the round, by observing it in their way of living. 
to make and record such observations, as will give an assessment of attainment, is surely one of the important tasks of the junior school teacher.